Bravo Team, our second G.I. Joe show looking at all the secondary G.I. Joe material. I am your host, Aaron Moss, codenamed Brotherhead. On this show, I'll either be by myself or have other guest hosts joining me looking at all the G.I. Joe material out there. We'll be covering things like the toys, the Action Force comic, the European Missions comic, the movies, G.I. Joe Renegades, or anything else that is not G.I. Joe, a real American hero comic, or the 80s cartoon. Come, join us on our mission to stop Cobra from taking over the world. Yo, Joe. Welcome back, Joes. This is Aaron Moss, a.k.a. General Head, coming at you. Uh, once again, I'm in the Headcast studios by myself. I thought about gathering some other guys and talk about something, but I decided to, this time, do a solo show. It's been a while. I'm going to pull back out the G.I. Joe field manual. Uh, we did this early on in Bravo Team. Uh, the field manual was a two-volume book that looked at some of the concept drawings and uh, of the G.I. Joe teams from the cartoon. I've covered the first two chapters. The first two chapters covered the original American Hero series or miniseries. Uh, the next two chapters, which I plan on covering this month and probably next month, cover the Revenge of the Cobra. So we're going to take a look at the Joe team as of Revenge of the Cobra. Revenge of the Cobra? Revenge of Cobra? Uh, so if you guys have the G.I. Joe field manual, I've got the one. I don't know if there's different covers or not. Uh, this one has a cover of a picture of Duke standing in front of the American flag. We're going to go and cover this for those that may have not listened to the first one. Basically, it's just got character designs and pictures of them. I'm going to read through each page, describe the character to you, and give my thoughts. Uh, this was written, compiled, restored, and designed by Jim Sorson and Bill Forster. There was a forward, which I talked about last time, by Russ Heath, and afterward by Flint Dill, uh, which we'll talk about later. And it was edited by Justin... Eisner and Alonzo Simon. And the front and back cover done on this was done by the Sharp Brothers. So let's go ahead and move on to... Let me take a look real quick. I've got my book. So if you got the book, go ahead and pull it up. Pull it up, pull it out. And we'll turn to page 61, which is the Revenge of Cobra and the Joe team. So this time here, let me see. Page 45. And I'm counting pages to you guys. So we're on to... Chapter 3, The Revenge of Cobra and Miniseries, The Joe Team. Uh, this front introduction page has a picture of a... Oh, okay, it's the flying machine that the Joes made when they crashed in the ravine. Uh, makeshift flying machine built in the Pit of Chaos on day two of The Revenge of Cobra. Again, it's a flying machine made from Sky Striker parts. Uh, this was revised April the 10th of 1984. And again, there's just a, a hand drawing of the little flying machine they built. There's a note on the back that says paint on metal. And we see a bit of the, the wing or the, the tail fin, I guess, on the tail fin here from the, the Sky Striker. So let's go ahead and move on. So this is our first introduction to Flint. His final name is Fairborn Dashel R. Primary specialty infantry. Secondary specialty helicopter pilot. He was born in Wichita, Kansas. Grade W02. And it's got a social security number of 307-624107. And we have some designs here. We've got a little quote from Flint saying, we're not heroes. We're just doing our job. Uh, this is on page 62. It's got Flint. He's got a pair of camo pants on. He's got his, his uh, bray on. And then there's an inset picture here of Flint. He's got lighter hair in this little picture. Without his bray, we get a back profile and a side profile of Flint. And then we get a closer up of his... Not necessarily a closer up, but just a bust 
of his head. Take look a little more at the uh, hats showing the colors on it. It's got a sword or a dagger with two arrows over it. It's got the colors labeled on it, red and black. And Okay, it's pointing. So apparently the same logo is on his hat. That's on his shoulder. Uh, Flint. Again, most people, Warren, I think I said that, Warren Officer. Uh, most people, you know, for G.I. Joe, they're like, are you a Flint person or a Duke person? I, I think I like Duke a little better. Nothing wrong with Flint. But... Uh, yeah, I like Duke a little better. Not that there's anything wrong with Flint. He was a great character in his own right. I just think I like Duke a little better because he was the for, in the first miniseries. And that's just how I am. And some characters we talked about last time have a full page. There may be some with more than one person on a page. Or they may take up more than one page. This one, Flint's got two pages. The second page has him in his winter gear. It's got him upside down in a spacesuit. In a wetsuit, plus it has a picture of his car, a Jaguar E-Type. And then we have another quote here. It says, we thought Cobra had us in the stinking dungeon for good. So we didn't know what was going on. We heard the chopper coming in and all the heavy hardware going off like Guy Fox night. Then somebody kicked down the door to our cell. And when the smoke cleared, there was Flint with that lopsided grin saying, come on, boys, we're going home. And it doesn't say who made that quote. If I had to guess, I would say probably Duke as much as he was captured. <laughs> But again, some nice designs for Flint here. Like I said, we get his regular outfit. We get him his winter gear, a space suit, a, spa- a wetsuit. All nice designs for Flint. Uh, the next page, we have Blowtorch. He's the company flamethrower. His file name is Hanaran Timothy P. Primary specialty, infantry special weapons. Secondary specialty is small arms armor. Birthplace, Tampa, Florida. His grade's an E4. And then we have his SN, which is social security number. And this is RA. 52734-1209. And again, this is just a one page. We get four pictures of Blowtorch from different angles. We get a close-up, just a single of his head with his helmet on. And then three headshots of him without his helmet on. And then we have one of his gun here, his uh, Blowtorch. And it says, Blowtorch can't sleep unless he's near a smoke detector. Cigarette smoke dries him ban- bananas. He always sits near the exit in movie theaters and refuses to live anywhere where he can't safely jump out the windows. This is not irrational him. These are actions based on intimate knowledge. So again, he's the flamethrower expert, and that's why he has a healthy respect. I didn't say fear, but not necessarily fear. He has a healthy respect for fire. Again, Blowtorch is, again, he's the group pyro. That's his job is to burn things. So I like Blowtorch. He's not one of my favorite characters, but he's an interesting design and an interesting character. So that's Blowtorch. Next page, we have Cutter. He's the Ghost Guard, Coast Guard Specialist. His name is Stone Ronald Skip A. Primary specialty, hovercraft captain. Secondary specialty, special services. The women's swim team coach. Birthplace was Kinsley, Kansas. Grade is 02. Uh, Social security number is RA4035406688. Again, there's a quote here. Semper Paratus, and I mean it. I'm always ready to take on Cobra on the high seas. Sure, there's Nassia's Nor'easter in the dead of winter, but then again, I'm even nastier. So this is Cutter. Uh, We do have our own Cutter on the G.I. Joe show. We have Brad, who tends to uh, cosplay as Cutter all the time. Uh, Again, we've got two... Full views of Cutter, one from the front, one from the back. And then we have two views of his head at different angles. Uh, Cutter, he come, came with the well. Uh, again, I enjoyed Cutter. Uh, he appeared both in the comic and the cartoon, of course. 
of course, in the cartoon, because that's what this book is kind of looking at. So, uh, yeah, he's a he's an interesting character. He doesn't really have a a uniform, per se. Of course, most Joes don't. Uh, he's just got his regular clothes. His, his, is that a Boston ball cap, I think, I want to say? I could be wrong. I'm not a sports guy, so I could be wrong on that. But it may, I want to say it's a Boston ball cap that he usually wears. A uh, great character. Next page is Deep Six. He's the deep sea diver. His final name is Willoughby Malcolm R. Primary specialty, water diver. Secondary specialty, small craft pilot motorized. Birthplace, Baltimore, Maryland. Grade is E7 CPO. And his social security number is RA22696019. His quote, down the depths where light doesn't reach and the water pressure can crush you like an eggshell. That's where Deep Six likes it. And again, we have three different shots of Deep Six from different angles. One from the front, one from the back, one from the side. Uh, these are in his his suit, his big armored thing he's always in. We get a close-up of his, I think it's his shoulder, not quite sure. And there's a picture of his hand in the suit. And then we get four headshots of him from different angles, one from the front, two from different sides, and one from almost the back. Uh, Deep Six, yeah, he's a good character. He is, again, the figure comes in that that uh, diver suit, I guess. I don't know if they ever sold one of him without the suit on. That's usually when you see him. And that's usually, you know, what he does. He, he's a deep sea diver, as it says. Uh, next picture is Lady J. She's covert operations. Her final name is Hart Burnett, Allison R. Primary specialty, intelligence. Secondary specialty, personal clerk, personnel clerk. Birthplace, Martha's Vineyard in Massachusetts. Grade E4. Social security number is 853716749. And Lady J actually has three pages. Uh, the first page, there's two shots of her full body shots, one from the front, one from the back. And then there's like eight head shots over from different poses, different angles. Uh, I'm thinking whoever drew these really likes Lady J's face. Uh, not that it's bad. Don't get me wrong. In fact, I'm sitting here in Manland and I have a Lady J figure, one of the classifieds right here in front of me I can look at. And in fact, if I look up on the wall, I've got the retro classified figure hanging up here. So again, I like Lady J. I like Scar a little better. I don't know if it's because she's a redhead or if it's just because she was in the original G.I. Joe miniseries. But Lady J is a great character. Uh, she was in the G.I. Joe retaliation. Yeah, retaliation movie. And at one time, they were talking about doing a, a TV series based on Lady J. But I haven't heard anything more about that recently. Uh, this is her second page. Has her quote on it. it. says, Lady J doesn't go in for that false wig and rubber mask brand of disguise like those jokers on Mission Impossible. I'm sorry. Mission Improbable. She becomes the subject. Body language. Subtle gestures. Correct shading of dialect. The right look in the eye. Cloaked and sandaled. She can squat down with a black basket of oranges in any Middle Eastern marketplace and blend in perfectly. And on the second page, we have a picture of her exercise clothes, a nightgown, a wetsuit with flint as a groupie. And then a picture of her ancestor that I think it was in the one of the de episodes about tiring to Destro somehow. But again, uh, Lady J is a beautiful woman. These are some nice, picture, nice pictures. As a friend of the network, their will Shag would say, she is hot. But again, these are very nice pictures of Lady J. And it gives a range, like I say, anywhere from exercise clothing to her nightgown. It's just some great images of Lady J. And then her third page is her javelins. That's her weaponry. Says here, my focus is always on the mission, finding ways to use everything I know to get the job done. And it doesn't hurt to keep a quiver of high-powered javelins handy either. Because again, that's that's her primary weapon is the javelin. She has a javelin rifle. 
got two pictures of that. She's got a flare javelin, and it shows how uh, she rakes the end of it off, and the front of the arrow becomes a flare. She has a rocket javelin, a high-tension electrical javelin, a cable stringer, which has a cable basically running off of it, so they give you a cable to climb up on. A laser, concussion, smoke, explosive, grapple, and cryonic. So again, I like that it lists her different javelins she uses. And again, much like Green Arrow back in the 80s, uh, Green Arrow in the 70s and whatever, uh, Green Arrow had a bunch of trick arrows until he, mid-80s, late-80s, he switched over to real arrows after the Longbow Hunters. But Lady J's kind of like Green Arrow, but without a bow. Uh, she just uses javelins. Uh, normally in the comic and the cartoon, she doesn't use a rifle. She just throws the javelins. But I guess she does have the javelin in case she needs to do a f- further throw. Uh, so yeah, so that's Lady J. Again, she gets three pages. Uh, well, she gets two pages and then one page for her weapons. Uh, we'll see if anyone else gets that kind of treatment. The next page. Again, this is a two-page character. Yes, yeah, too bad. Double-checking. Two-page character. This is Mutt. He's the canine officer. His file name is Perlmutter Stanley G. Primary specialty, dog handler. Secondary specialty, infantry. Birthplace, Island, New Jersey. His grade is an E6. And this social security number is RA75779343. As I'm reading these off, I don't want you guys going and, you know, stealing their identities, all right? His quote says, if you're sitting next to Mutt in the mess hall, don't try filching anything from his tray. He'll bite your leg off. And again, so we have two pictures of Mutt here. One from the front, one from the back. Three headshots, different angles. And then we have another one of him with Junkyard. He's kind of commanding Junkyard. We have a picture of him as a security guard. And altogether, we have three pictures of Junkyard from different angles. Uh, one from the front where Junkyard's growling or about ready to attack somebody. Uh, same pose from the back. And then just a regular pose of Junkyard just standing there. Mutt and Junkyard. Out of all the the officer ones, there's there are canine officers, there's him, Law and Order, uh, those are the main two I know of. I like Mutt the best. I, I love the fact that Mutt probably has a more has a worse personality than Junkyard does. <laughs> Again, I love Junkyard. If I ever got a black dog, I would probably name him Junkyard. Uh, I would like to get a bigger dog than what we have. Uh, first thing I want to do is Timber, of course, for, you know, Timber. But if I had a black dog that looked kind of like Junkyard, I would definitely name him Junkyard. I, I like him in the comics. I like him in the cartoon. Uh, the cartoon, it's, I love the way they do him. He, he's very, uh, again, he, he's got that that rough personality. But, uh, again, if you're a friend of his, he'll stick by you. He, he's very dependable, loyal. And, uh, again, try to take his food, he'll bite your arm off. <laughs> Gotta love butt. Great character. The next one is Rakondo. He's the jungle trooper. His file name is McClare Daniel W. Primary specialty is infantry. Secondary specialty, intelligence. His birthplace is Wheaton, Wisconsin. His grade's an E4. His social security number is RA15823074. Uh, we've got two quotes for Rakondo on here. First one says, A jungle is like some single gigantic hostile organism. It can sense when you fear or hate it. And it is wholly without mercy. When Rikondo steps into a jungle, it seems to him like a mother soothing a troubled child. And the second one says, if you go into the jungle prepared to fight it, you'll lose. If you make your peace with the bugs, snakes, and heat, then you've got half a chance. And that actually sounds like a Rikondo quote there. And we get three pictures of Rikondo. Two, well, one of them in his regular uniform, his, his Rikondo outfit, as I would call it. Another one in his Rikondo outfit holding his gun. And there's one in civvies. Again, he still has his, his hat on, his jungle hat. I forget what it's called. He's got his jungle hat on. Uh, again, Rakondo's a great character. 
Uh, I know they've done an Action Force figure for him from the Tiger Force. I've thought about picking it up, but I haven't gotten that far yet. I do like Ricondo, but he's not one of my top favorites. So, And again, as I've talked about elsewhere, the, the price of the classifieds and the not being able to find the damn things in the store makes it harder for me to want to buy them. So if I have the extra money, I ever run across it, or if I can find it online relatively cheap enough, I would pick up Ricondo. I do like the character. Uh, next character in here is Ripcord. He's the Halo high-altitude, low-opening jumper. His file name is Weems Wallace A., Primary specialty, airborne infantry. Secondary specialty, demolitions. His birthplace was Columbus, Ohio. Grade is E4. Social security numbers RA14323106. His quote, let's say you got a trouble spot. You can't sail, walk, or ride in. So you send a plane in so high that it can't be seen or heard. Ripcord jumps, drops like a rock for thousands of feet. Then opens a chute, last possible moment to avoid visual and electronic detection. What he does once he hits the ground you don't want to hear about. And here we get two shots of Rakondo, one from the front, one from the back, fully masked up. He's got his helmet on, his, his breathing mask and all that. Plus, we get a headshot of Rakondo. And then we also get uh, two shots of a high-altitude surveillance plane that he gets dropped out of. Uh, I like Ripcord. Um, Ripcord in the cartoon, he wasn't a bad character. I don't remember a lot of him in there. I don't think he got a lot of play in the cartoon. He did get some because he's in the book, but in the comics is where I really, I guess, fell in love with the character of Ripcord. Uh, he, in fact, we're covering that on the main show right now where he fights Zartan because he's trying to find his girlfriend, Candy, who at this point in the story he doesn't realize is dead. Uh, she was blown up by uh, Scrap Iron. And so Zartan switched places with him and Ripcord was sent back to Springfield while Zartan infiltrated the pit. And that whole storyline just made me fall in love with the character. He's a great character. And again, Larry Hama made you feel for him. In the movies, in the first G.I. Joe movie, uh, Rise of Cobra, he was played by Marlon Wayans. Uh, again, I, I made my thoughts clear before on how I feel about race-swapping characters, especially a character I, I've grown to love and appreciate. I don't care for it. I didn't like Marlon Wayans the way he played him. I just... Uh, enough, enough said about that. Moving on, before I complain any more about G.I. Joe, Rise of Cobra. Next character, Roadblock. He's a heavy machine gunner. His final name is Hinton, Marvin F. Primary specialty is infantry, heavy weapons. Secondary specialty is cook. Birthplace, Bloxy, Mississippi. Grade is E4. Social security number is RA5382034.85. His quote, a 50 caliber Browning weighs 84 pounds. Add 50 pounds for the ammo. That's about 134 pounds of steel generating 2930s 2930s uh, FPS and muzzle velocity at a silica rate of 550 R RPM. Anybody who handle that doesn't need a machine gun to keep me away. <laughs> and again, we get uh, five pictures of roadblock, uh, three regular ones, one from the back, one from the back, one from the back, one from the back, one from the front, and one from the back, and one from the side. And then we get two shots, one from the front, one from the back of roadblock and his. Uh, well, he's got his regular clothes on, but he's got an apron and his chef's hat on. Because that's one thing about Roadblock. Well, there's two things about Roadblock. One, he always speaks in rhymes. And the other is it's cooking time. He, he's a big famous cook. Oh, famous, but he's a big cook. And again, they've dealt with that several times in the cartoon. Uh, the comic didn't so much mention anything about him cooking, from I remember right. Or not very much. It wasn't like it was in the cartoon. The cartoon very much laid into the the cooking aspect of the character. And again, yeah, Roadblock is one of these. He's a big black 
muscular, tall. In fact, in G.I. Joe, the uh, retaliation, he was played by The Rock. I don't necessarily like The Rock's interpretation of the character, uh, partly because, and again, don't hate me because I'm going to say this, but I don't think he was black enough. The Rock is looks more Islander than black or African-American, however you want to phrase it. And again, as I've said elsewhere, The Rock tends to play The Rock acting like somebody. He's not, you don't see Roadblock. Uh, the Rock was in Black Adam as Black Adam. Fine movie, but again, it's The Rock acting like Black Adam. It wasn't Black Adam with The Rock playing him. I'm not a fan of The Rock in general, just because he, I, I think his range is very limited. He's not the same, He plays the same person. He just plays himself acting like these characters instead of playing these actual characters. Hope that makes sense. So, again, I would like to see Roadblock done right, but and again, I, I would have appreciated they wouldn't have some rhyming, but again, there's a lot they didn't do that I wanted to see in those movies. But anyways, that's enough complaining for me. And again, the, the rhyming was mostly in the cartoon. I, I don't think in the comic he rhymed like he did, if I remember right. So, that is Roadblock. Next character was Colonel Sharp. The G.I. Joe Joint Chief Liaison. File name is Sharp Warwick J. Primary specialty was logistics. Secondary specialty, strategic heart intelligence. Birthplace, Greenville, Delaware. Grade is 06. So his carry numbers RA84115 3795. His quote, two words, air support. Sharp is our man in Washington, the officer who can go to bat for us with the top brass who do everything you can to see that we get all the support required to get the job done. Uh, this has three pictures of Sharp in his uniform from different angles, one just the bust of his head, and then there's also a, a picture of his aide, along with his hovercraft in here. Uh, Sharp is one just for the show. I don't think he ever appeared in the comic. I don't think he ever got an action figure. I'll reaction maybe doing one. They do a lot of the more obscure characters. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, Colonel Sharp, yeah, not much to say about him. He appeared in this episode. And I'm sure he appeared in a couple of others, but I do not remember right offhand. Uh, again, decent character, not really much to say about Sharp. So I'm going to move on. Next one is a two-page of Shipwreck. He's a sailor. File name is Degato Ector K. I'm sorry, Degato Ector X. Primary specialty, gunner's mate. Secondary specialty, machinist. From Chula Vista, California. Grade is CPO. His social security number is 92492. Five four five six, And his quote, Shipwreck is your quintessential sailor. He can spice a line, fry powdered eggs in the tooth of a gale, and eat them, tell taller tales than the Senate Appropriations Committee, and take a three-day liberty in Thule, Greenland, and come back smiling. Uh, this, we have a lot of pictures of Shipwreck. Uh, we'll start out, we got two pictures of Polly, one from the front, one from the side. Uh, we have two pictures on this first page of Shipwreck. One from the front holding his, his grappling hook and one from the back. We've got a drawing of his tattoo that's on his arm. We've got a picture of his gun, a picture of his, his hook closed. And then there's another little picture of an entrenching tool or something, I guess. I'm not quite sure what that picture up there on the top is supposed to be. The next page, we have three pictures of him as Peacoat, front, back, and side. We have two pictures of him as a pirate and pictures of him from age 10 and page I'm sorry, age 17. Again, Shipwreck is, again, in the in the cartoon, he talked like he was uh, Jack Nicholson. In the cartoon, he was a more comic relief character than he was in the comic. 
I love them both, but the cartoon, again, different creatures. And again, in the cartoon, they had Polly. The comics, again, Larry tended to stay away from the animals other than the needed ones. Like Junkyard was actually a military dog. Uh, Snake Eyes had timbers up in the wood, but he didn't really do much with Freedom and Polly. Uh, Larry didn't seem to like the, the sillier aspects of G.I. Joe. He wanted it to be more military, if you will, which, again, I loved. I loved the way Larry did the book. Uh, but for the cartoon, yeah, I love Polly and I love Shipwreck. In fact, I can't wait for the classified Shipwreck to come out. That's what I'm definitely going to get. But yeah, Shipwreck's a great character. And again, these are some great designs for Shipwreck. And I do like here that we have picture. This is one of the few, uh, dare I say, maybe the only ones, as I'm glancing through the book, showing our character as a kid. So, huh, very nice. I like Shipwreck. Uh, the next one. Snake Eyes, the Commando. This is Snake Eyes' second entry. Uh, again, he's got a two-page spread here. He's a Commando. File name's classified. Social Security number's classified. Birthplace classified. Primary specialty is infantry. Secondary specialty, hand-to-hand combat instructor, grade E5. His quote, Snake Eye was tempered on the anvil of life until he was dangerous as a razor-edged sword. Flailing in, flailing in the dark. The G.I. Joe team sheathed that sword and... Harnessed it, deadly energy, but even they are want are want to forget that even without the safety of its scabbard, the blade retains its cutting edge. And this we've got on this first page, we've got three pictures of Snake Eye standing there in different poses, uh, or same pose, but different angles. One from the front, one from the back, and one from the side. Next page, we have two pictures of him disarmed. Uh, they've taken all his weapons off. We have a picture of him disguised, two pictures of him disguised, one disguised as a maintenance worker. Uh, again, from the that series, or that yeah, that series of uh, the GI Joe, the second miniseries, and then one of them dressed in a like ranch hand clothes. We've also got a picture down here of a detailed early design, which looks very similar to what we actually got. Uh, just some minor differences, from what I can tell. Again, I'm not an artist, but uh, there's minor differences, but very much basically the same character, a little more. A little more inked, a little more details on thing, I think. And then we have two pictures of Timber. One of him running and one of him just kind of looking back. Again, I love Snake Eyes and Timber. Great characters. I've got the Snake Eyes and Timber, the first two-pack that Classified did. I haven't picked up the second one. Uh, as I've commented on the, the Facebook group, they've got him at Walmart. If I have extra money, uh, maybe I'll pick him up also. I don't know. I haven't quite decided yet. But again, you got to love Snake Eyes. Uh, great character. <sighs> Again, they did use him in the first two miniseries, but then he kind of went by the wayside and they didn't do as much with Snake Eyes in the main series. Like I've talked about elsewhere, they've kind of give Storm Shadow to Spirit and Quick Kick. And I don't know, I think they, for some reason, they just didn't know how to deal with a silent character, I think. Uh, my own opinion, I could be wrong, usually not. But anyways, let's go ahead and move on. Uh, the next page, speaking of Spirit... We have two pages. Well, it's one page for Spirit and one page for Freedom. Uh, Spirit's the tracker. His name is Iron Knife Charlie. Primary specialty, infantry. Secondary specialty, social services. Birthplace, Taos, New Mexico. Grades E4. His social security number is RA146231009. Uh, this page here, we have three images of Spirit. Again, front, back, and side. We have another one. So this first, the first uh, drawings, his hair isn't colored in. It's just the white background. The second one has him running with freedom above him, and his hair is colored in dark. 
And then we have them in his winter gear. Next page, we've got, I was going to count, but there's a whole lot, a whole lot of pictures of freedom from different angles. We got a couple of just his talons, uh, him and Fly. Most of them are Fly. There's a couple of them just standing there, him looking down, him attacking, it looks like. Spirit and freedom. I, I love spirit and freedom. Again, freedom didn't so much show in the, he showed once or twice in the comic, but not very much. And that's only when Spirit was out in the woods somewhere. Spirit, they didn't, if you remember right in the comics, they didn't do a whole lot with Spirit. Uh, they did some with him occasionally. He shows up a little bit in the storyline we're talking about now, in fact, on the regular show, when Zarchan infiltrates the pit. But overall, they didn't do a whole lot with him uh, in the comic. And the show, the other hand, he, he did quite a bit. Like I said, he kind of took Snake Eyes' place. He spoke in a very stereotypical Indian voice. Oh, spirits are not happy with you. Things like that. Um... Not quite that heavy, but <laughs> I enjoy Spirit. Again, I got the Spirit and Freedom 2-pack again from Hasbro, the classified figures. I love Spirit. I love Freedom. Freedom's a great uh, animal sidekick. And I love that Freedom got his own page. I mean, Timber, who I, again, Polly, both Timber and Polly, they got a couple of shots on their Masters page. Junkyard just got three shots on his Masters page. And I'm just looking back to see if they got anything in the earlier uh entry for Snake Eyes and Timber. I think it was just the same, like a one shot, no, two shots of Timber in the earlier one. Meanwhile, Freedom gets like a full page of just different pictures of him. Fantastic. Again, this is page 81 of the field manual. I just love these different poses of Freedom on here. Fantastic. Apparently, I'm guessing uh, whoever picked out this one, Again, that was written compiled by both Jim Sorson and Bill Forrester, so I don't know who did what, but apparently one of them really loves freedom, which is not a bad thing. Uh, next one is Sparks. He's the communications expert. File name is Verdi Alessandro D. Primary specialty, telecommunications operator. Secondary specialty, electronic warfare, war, warfare, warfare and cryptology. Operations specialty, birthplace, Care Care Italy. Great. E5, social security number is RA94855-6727. His quote, cracking Cobra defenses is just like cracking a computer code. It requires patience and persistence. Again, Sparks, he's got three pictures of him in, in uniform and one civilian clothes. Sparks, I think he just got play in this, this series. Yeah, I don't think he showed up much elsewhere. He may show up once or twice in the regular series. But I don't think he ever got a figure. He, I don't think he ever showed up in the the main in the book. Uh, again, interesting. I mean, I want to say interesting character. I mean, not much was done with him. He was just, you know, their communications guy before they actually got dial tone. So uh, we're going to move on since there's not much to say about Sparks. Next one is Thunder, the self-propelled gun artilleryman. His file name was Breckenridge Matthew Harris. Primary specialty artillery. Secondary specialty bandsman, drummer. Birthplace, Louisville, Kentucky. Grade E5, social security number is RA1353066694. His quote, if you know where you are and you know where the enemy is, then artillery can be, an ex- it can be an exact science. But in the real world, artillery is half geometry and half blind luck. In other words, if you hit something, take the credit. If you miss, write off as a margin of error. <laughs> I love that quote. Uh, we get two shots of Thunder in his regular clothes. One in his civilian clothes. Again, I don't remember much offhand with Thunder. I think he played a part in the upcoming uh, End of the World or whatever storyline. I forget what it's called now. It was a two-episode series. I want to say he played a part in that. Uh, he shows up occasionally in the comic. I don't have a lot. Again, no offense to him. Uh, a decent character, but I don't have a lot to say about Thunder. Uh, moving on, we have the G.I. Joe Troops. 
These are the infantry troopers. Their primary specialty, infantry. Secondary, reconnaissance and infiltration. Uh, we get them in... We get... Let me see real quick. We have one in just uh, Joe Airman. We have a picture of a standard issue Joe combat rifle. The quote here is, We don't know the meaning of the word quit, and we never will. If you want to be one of us, then burn this word into your brain. Victory. And on the second page, there's another quote that says, Dependable soldiers that won't let you down in a firefight. Uh, we have a picture of a wrist, Joe wrist communicator, the standard issue Joe knife and flashlight, and then just a couple different. There's one of a female Joe, and then just different images of Joe. There's, like, there's one flight suit, the airman, uh, the the hot female Joe, and then the regular you know front, back, and side pictures of. Again, these are just your regular green shirts. Nothing special other than that girl's cute for a drawing, black and white drawing. But, you know, what can I say? Uh, moving on from that, <laughs> okay, there's not much to say about it. It's just the generic Joes. There's the APC, Amphibious Personnel Carrier. The weight is 10.7 tons. Range, 375 miles. Speed is 35 miles with up to 23 troops. Weaponry is a 1 by 105 millimeter recoilless automatic cannon with 250 rounds of ammunition. This is the APC. There was an action an action figure. A vehicle for it. Uh, again, I remember the vehicle. It's got the uh, the top to cover the character, the, the guys inside. It's got a tank on top, uh, or cannon, I guess. Again, this was how the Joes got around. A good vehicle, not really a lot to say about it. It's just kind of a generic. Uh, it could go on the water, it could go on land. It's how the Joes got a lot of their characters from point A to point B. Next one's a little more, uh, a little more something. It's the Killer Well, the Warrior Hovering Assault Launching Envoy. The weight is 8.5 tons. Range is 240 miles. Speed 35 knots on the water. 25 miles per hour on land. Weaponry has two twin 50 caliber mounted machine guns. A 1.800 rounds each. Two hole mounted four bay box missile launchers, which is a short range anti-ship armor missiles. Two depth charging Deploy racks, 100-pound high explosives. And so we have a, sh- a shot here of the whale with, it looks almost like Wild Bill driving. Maybe it's Rakondo. Actually, it's Rakondo. I can see his hat's turned up on the side. Rakondo driving. And then we get some shots of the recon sled. Uh, the recon sled, I remember the toy, if I'm not mistaken, goes in the front and can launch out the front of it. Again, a great toy. And again, I liked how they used it both in the comic and the cartoon. Uh, the Killer Whale, I don't have that one at this point. Uh, what am I getting that again at some point? Uh, not again, I don't think I ever had the Whale. What am I getting the Whale at some point? Good craft. Uh, next one's the Parachute Pack, MFF, Military Free Fall Ram Air Device. It weighs 35 pounds. The minimum safe altitude is 700 feet. Maximum safe altitude is 16,200 feet. No maximum with oxygen gear. So if you have oxygen gear, you can go as high as you want. Note, standard issue to all fixed and rotary wing rated members of the G.I. Joe team. Again, this is one picture of a Joe with the parachute pack. It doesn't show the actual parachute. It just shows the straps around him. Not much to say about that. It's a parachute. I know they had a toy for that. Uh, but yeah, not much else to say about a parachute. It gets you to land safely. The Manta, the Marine Assault Tactical Transport, air-driven, weight 63 pounds, 97 pounds of the missile outrigger. Speed is variable, rated up to 32 knots, range unlimited. Weaponing 30 caliber machine gun, surface-to-surface missile. I had the figure for the, the figure, the toy for that. 
Uh, it was an interesting little toy. Like I said it wasn't a whole lot to it. It was just a, a basically a, a sledging they can stand on with a sail. I enjoyed it. Uh, there was the Pack Rats. It was the programmed assault computer rapid all terrain. There was a machine gun which had a weight of 972 pounds, a speed of 44 miles per hour, a range of eight and a half hours of battery life. Weaponry was four 25 millimeter chain-fed machine guns with 360 rounds of ammunition each. The flamethrower. The weight on that was 1,430 pounds, the speed 28 miles per hour, range 8.5 hours of battery life, weaponry fuel for about 2.5 minutes of sustained operation. It had two 7.62 millimeters machine guns. And finally, there was the mis- missile launcher. This was a weight was 1,206 pounds, 17 miles an hour, range had 8.5 hours of battery life. Looks like they all had about 8.5 hours of battery life. Weaponry had four twin-stage boosted long-range surface-to-air missiles. Uh, these, I think these came in a three-pack, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they used, Larry used them once in the comic, if I'm not mistaken on that. Uh, they were the pack rats. They were just some little programmable assault weapons they could use to help prevent Joseph from getting hurt. Send these in to take out Cobra. Uh, next page is the Skyhawk. It's the V-12 assault craft. The weight is 3.7 tons. Speed is zero velocity to 510 miles per hour. Range is 275 combat radius. Weaponry has two 20mm chain guns, 1,200 rounds each. And then two 30mm chain guns, 1,100, no, 1.1000 rounds each. Again, there's, uh, what is it? There's three shots of the sky strike from different angles. One showing the, the, uh, the, I don't know what, what you call it. The, uh, what you call it? The, uh, Part that goes up that moves that allows the vertical and takeoff landing configuration. So most of the picture shows it in flying mode. One shows it in the vertical takeoff landing configuration. And there's a picture at the bottom of Roadblock with, I'm assuming, a Cobra and Duke showing the lid opened on the Skyhawk. I like the Skyhawk. I had the toy, the original one. I know there's a couple of different variations of it, different color schemes, different, you know, whatever. But I, I like the original green Skyhawk. In fact, that's one if I can find it at a decent price, I wouldn't mind picking up on eBay. Or if Hasbro would do either a retro version of it or a classified version, I would definitely pick up a Skyhawk. I enjoyed that. Uh, then there was the Shark. It was a submersible high-speed attack and reconnaissance craft. Displacement was 2.3 tons on the surface and 3.9 tons submerged. The speed was 22 knots submerged and 850 miles per hour in the air. The range was 210 nautical miles, again submerged, or 350 nautical miles in the air. Weaponry comes of two twin 30 caliber machine guns, 700 armor piercing rounds each, and one Honeywell MK46, what is that, MOD, one acoustic homing torpedo. So again, this was the Shark. Uh, this was usually driven by Deep Six. Uh, we get one nice image of the Shark, one from the bottom, and then one of close-up of the there's a two-seat version. Uh, the top showing the bottom of it. We show a Joe swimming away from underneath it. Maybe torpedo. But again, I, I in fact, I have the shark toy. I was picked that. I picked that up on eBay here not too long ago. I say not too long ago. It's been a while now. It's been boxed up for a while. But yeah, I got the shark. Uh, great, great toy. Again, it came with Deep Six. And they use that quite a bit on the car- cartoon. So again, nice, nice uh, vehicle. Next one is Slugger. It was a self-propelled cannon. I believe this was what Thunder drove, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, weight was 29 tons. Speed was 40 miles per hour. Range, 510 miles. Weaponry is 1 M133, 
175 millimeter gun, maximum range 32, sorry, 35.2 miles. We got four different shots of the slugger, uh, different different points of view. We got one from the top front. We got one from the other side of it, one from the back, and one from up close in the front. So again, uh, yeah, this is the front. So again, it was a nice toy. I don't remember if I ever had the slugger. I don't think I did. And like I said, if I'm not mistaken, it was driven by Thunder, who we talked about earlier. Next one is Vamp Mark II, the multi-purpose attack vehicle. The weight was 200. Sorry, try that again. The weight was 2.25 tons, range 850 miles. The speed was 95 miles on the road, 48 miles cross country. The weaponry was a four bay variable mission, box missile launchers, various short and medium surface air guided missiles. Again, there's four pictures of the vamp on here. Again, this was the G.I. Joe vehicle. Had four missiles. Like I said, four missiles on it. That's uh, what they used to fight the enemy with. Uh, not bad. I think I had a vamp when I was... Had the toys when I was young. I say younger. I was in my teens, but still. Uh, the next one, again, this was specifically for the show. It was the energy mirrors for the weather dominator countermeasure. Uh, shows a picture of the mirror truck, the inside of the truck, and then the man-sized mirror devices. This is... Again, what they use to reflect the energy from the Weather Dominator back at the Cobra. Uh, next page is the Sand Sailor, the Desert Wind Vis Vessel. Vessel. Uh, we've got three shots of that, plus a, a, a life preserver, a, harp, uh, a hook, a, uh, what do you call it? An anchor. That's the word I'm not a hook. An anchor on it. Uh, this was the thing, if I'm not mistaken, that was driven by Shipwreck when he was introduced. I don't know why he would have a G.I. Joe life preserver if this was Shipwreck's vehicle. Because this is before you joined the Joes, but I don't know. But again, it was an interesting design. It sailed in the desert, and it was kind of like a a ship, a boat, but it was made to sail on the desert sands. Uh, next page is the prison prison guards. We get uh, what is the half a dozen, seven different drawings of different prison guards. Uh, this is for Blackwater. Okay, this is Blackwater Prison, the maximum security penitentiary. So we get some prison guards. We have the basket that the Baroness used with the knockout glass, gas, gas, picture of the warden, a picture of Dr. Casuals, which was the Baroness. And then down below that, there's a little more detailed picture of the, the prison with the swamp around it. Again, I wish Larry may have used that. I wish Larry would have used that more in the comic or used it in the comic just as a tie-in, but eh, it is what it is. Final page of this, Honda Lou, president and manager of Wild West Hauling. File name, West Honda Lou. Primary specialty, logistics. Secondary specialty, finance. Birthplace, Navasota, Texas. Grade, president, Social Security, N.A. Um, again, we get one, three full shot, three full shots of Honda, Honda Lou from different angles. We have one of her Wild West truck, a small little picture. It looks like Optimus Prime a little. And then we have six shots of her head, three with hat, two with, three with hat off, and one of her hats like flying off. Her quote, Cobra truck, my hush puppies. Again, I like Honda Lou. Again, add to borrow a phrase from Shag, because that's what I do. Honda Lou's hot. But again, yeah, she, again, she was just in the cartoon. I think he had an action figure at some point for her. I forget where it was at now. But I, I enjoyed Honda Lou. She was an interesting character. And she helped our Joes. So I can't complain too much about it. And that is it for the Joes from the Revenge of Cobra miniseries. Uh, just under an hour on this episode. I've talked enough, I think. It's just me talking about these characters. 
again, I wish they would have made a regular Hondaloo figure. I think they probably had one later on, or maybe Reaction's done one for her, but I ain't paying 18 bucks for her. But again, Hondaloo was a great character. Uh, she showed it to help the Joes. But that's it for this episode of Bravo Team. So, if you guys have made it this far, let me know. What do you guys think? Do you guys enjoy hearing me talk about these, these, uh, this field manual? Going through these or not? Like I said, I'm about halfway through it, I think. There are seven chapters, which goes up through season one of the show. Then there's the afterward acknowledgments and all that, and the file index, which I'm not going to cover. Uh, so, I'm, I'm almost halfway through. I'm three out of seven of this. Next month, we'll do four, which will make us just over halfway through. Are you guys enjoying this? Am I just talking to hear myself talk? Again, as I said, I would do that just because that's who I am. But write in. Let me know. Send me an email to G.I. Joe at Headcast Network. Let me know what you guys, you know, if you guys, do you guys enjoy this? If you do, I will keep doing it. If not, I may pet it off or I may keep doing it anyways. Who knows? Depends on what you guys say. You guys are the listeners. You guys are the ones that's listening to this show. Let me know what you think. Do you enjoy these or not? Otherwise, join us for our regular showings. The first and third Thursdays of the month, we have The Adventure Continues. That is uh, where the role-playing game from Renegade Studios, or Renegade Game Studios, they put out G.I. Joe game. A friend I met online, Eric, is DMing it. And me and a couple other guys are playing G.I. Joe. This is set in the kind of a combination of both the comic and the cartoon. It's set 35 years in the future or so. G.I. Joe formed in 1982, and it's currently 2022, 2023 in the, the show. And so G.I. Joe's continued. A lot of characters either retired. Uh, G.I. Joe's been kind of mothballed, and we've just been reforming it after it been inactive for several years because, well, Cobra was, was taken out, basically. So we play that, and I air that as a podcast. Like I said, the first and third Thursdays of the month. The second... Thursday of the month is my main show, G.I. Joe, a Real American Headcast. This is where we talk about, well, G.I. Joe, both the cartoon and the comic. Join us as we watch G.I. Joe fight the forces of Cobra. The fourth Thursday of the month, which should be this Thursday you're listening to this very show. Bravo team, I cover anything else G.I. Joe related. Comics, toys, uh, extra stuff like the field manual. Complain about the movies, whatever I feel like covering, and whoever I can get on here with me. And then also, finally, the fourth Sunday of every month, for the most part, and on YouTube, which you can find at youtube.com slash at g dot i dot joe underscore headcast. That is our YouTube page. On the fourth Sunday of every month, for the most part, I record the next month's episode of G.I. Joe, a Real American Headcast. So if you want, you can come watch as we make the, the uh, sausages, they say, and see all the bloopers that we make as we're doing this, all the, the comments that don't make it into the air or make it on the podcast. Uh, but join us. Again, that's at youtube.com slash at g.i.joe underscore headcast. That is the G.I. Joe Real American Headcast channel. Check us out. If you join us during the show, taping of the show, you can leave your comments and I can read them off during the show. But that's going to do it for this month. Check out the rest of my my content. It's all available at headcastnetwork.com. Join us over on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash groups slash G.I. Joe. And finally, if you like what I'm doing here, uh, join the great guys such as Gene Hendricks and Mark Ross, a.k.a. Clutch Trent. Plus our newest Patreon, 
Brian Weebler. Please let me know if I'm pronouncing that wrong, Brian. That's W-E-B-E-L-E-R, it looks like. Again, I'm getting old and I can't see very well. But uh, yeah, join the three of them. And again, Brian's a new subscriber to the Patreon. So thank you very much for Brian for joining us. I appreciate you, sir. Uh, but join them over at patreon.com slash headcast network. If you like what I'm doing here, throw a few bucks in the tin. Why don't you? I would love it. Uh, if I get enough people doing this, I can quit my job and do this full time. <laughs> that's going to happen. But anyways, uh, please join us. But I guess that's going to do it. Until next time, this is Aaron, a.k.a. Brotherhead, signing off. Joe's dismissed. Thank you for listening to Bravo Team, a supplementary G.I. Joe, a real American head cast show. Be sure to check out our main show, the second Tuesday of the month, G.I. Joe, a real American head cast, where I talk about the... G.I. Joe, Real American Hero comic book series read by Larry Hama, and the G.I. Joe cartoon from the 80s. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Check out our Facebook page. Just search for G.I. Joe, a Real American Headcast, under both Facebook and over on Twitter. Uh, we're also over on Google+. Be sure to rate us and to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts from. And be sure to write in and let us know how we're doing. We love hearing from fans. You can write to us at bravoteam at headspeaks.com. You can also send an MP3 file in and we'll play that on the air. You can send that to bravoteam at headspeaks.com. And be sure to check out my other great shows on the Headcast Network, Head Speaks, Task Force X, and the Starman Manhunter Adventure Hour, plus possibly more in the future. Also, be sure to check out the podcasts of my co-hosts. They have some great shows. And if you want to appear on this show, definitely let me know. I'm always up to speaking to new people. You can send me a Facebook message, or you can send us an email to bravoteam at headspeaks.com. Be sure to check out our website. The main site is at headspeaks.com. But you can check out the website for this show at gijoe.headspeaks.com. Be sure to join us here monthly for another great podcast. Until next time, Joe's dismissed. 